Hi, welcome to this episode of the Blaze Podcast put together by Blaze Incorporated. I'm your favorite host, Onyema Udeze. So today I have in the house Victoria Apezi Kede, who is currently Hi. the Yeah, so Victoria is currently the Beam and Assistant Quality Manager for ATU Architects. And she's vast in so many other technology-related activities. I mean, she's a product designer, a graphic designer, and also a web designer. Before now, she was a project student assistant at the University of Sheffield School of Architecture, UK. And she's passionate about digital transformation in the grid sector. So she spent a lot of her time exploring digital transformation trends, such as computational, parametric, generative designs, digital fabrication, rapid prototyping, and so many other things. So it's my pleasure to welcome Victoria to the session today. Victoria, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Um, after hearing that introduction, I need to confirm what I'm still <laughs> working on. I'm doing quite well, thank you. Uh, yeah, it's, it's great to have you today. Same, so, like, to Yeah, so as you can see, the topic of discussion today is basically centered around using software, being software-centric, and how it can impact your career. So basically, what informed this is that to realize that a lot of young professionals in the industry tend to focus on being software proficient. You know, when you come out of school, one of the first things you you spend a lot of your time doing is how to become very proficient in software. Maybe you believe that to make you land a job and all that. So while we are not saying that that is a bad thing, we just thought that we should share some light on some of the pitfalls and some of the mistakes to avoid while you becoming software-centric. So, Victoria, from your own viewpoint, what do you think informed this um, session? Yes, um, personally, I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this because I'm looking forward to sharing my own experiences. I'm kind of volunteering myself up as a cautionary tale to many people because um, before I got on a more defined path in game and um, computational design and so on, I remember being so focused on um, using Revit. And at the time, I genuinely was trying to be an architect, like a registered architect. And in hindsight, that was a very, very bad strategy for me. Um, luckily, it has worked out for me because I'm now in a very tech-focused career, but it could have easily been one of the biggest um, mistakes, I, I think, of my career. So I'm here to basically shine a light and maybe raise some important questions in the minds of our viewers. Okay, yeah, yeah. so that's, that's pretty much it. So yeah, basically trying to talk around the topic. So before I start, I would also like to find out what exactly drew you to technology. I mean, what drew you to technology in the first place? Why did you get interested in technology? Um, I'd say I've always had an affinity for technology since I was young. I've always, it's something that has come easy to me, I think, and it has kind of become a part of this resistance. I, I didn't realize until much older, until I started interacting with people in university and so on, that some people actually struggled with technology. And I don't even mean like coding. I just mean you have a new application, you launch it, you use it. That has always been my thing. I find something new, I launch it, and I get right onto it. 
and I didn't realize, especially until I started working in my current role, that it's not something many people are able to do. And so for me, it was just easy. Um, it's, it's the less difficult thing for me to have done. So that's how I just kind of stayed with it up until now. Yeah, I think for me, I I didn't start using technology so early, but of course, as far back as you know, my days in school, I've already started making use of a lot of software. And yeah, of course, as we grow in the industry, we are beginning to learn much more about some of these things. Mm-hmm. So, but why do, why do you think that so many young professionals are fascinated by using software? I mean, learning how to render and all those stuff. Why do you think so many young professionals double into that in the first place? I'd say simply because it's fun. Um, especially for architects, it's the main reason why most young people in the first place decide that they want to be architects is because they love to draw or maybe they are really fascinated with graphics and illustration. And the typical thing is some parents somewhere will say, oh, you are a good artist, therefore you should be an architect, which in reality doesn't necessarily translate. Um, so it's fun. You do something and it's like instant gratification or like most other things in um, our work where you have to spend a lot more time to see the results. Renderings give you that instant feeling of happiness and seeing almost like a child that you birthed or something on the screen. So I think it's just fun and enjoyable. But I also think that there is another angle where many young people are not able to access knowledge on other aspects of the profession. For example, construction, maybe just don't have the access to um, work on site or other things. They don't, um, mentorship, I think, is, is one of the things we could improve on in this industry. I think our, that we just don't have access in terms of people they can talk to or, or, or online resources even, where they can really learn about some of these other things, unlike rendering. And so I think that's even one of the things um, this session is hoping to address a little bit. Yeah, that's that's very true. So I think most of the other skills in the industry or some other things we do, it tend to take a lot of time before they kind of master it. But you know, when you dive into something like rendering or 3D modeling, it's one of those things that you can see the outcome very quickly. Exactly. So this is quite understandable. Okay, so you work at a considerably large practice. I mean, you work at Etios Architects, which is one of the largest architectural firms in Africa with offices in Nigeria, South Africa, and some other parts of the world. So how much do you see these skills matter in the workplace? How do you see them play out in the workplace? I would say for junior entry-level roles, they are, they're, it's, it's good. It's definitely in your favor to have strong 3D rendering skills, especially when compiling a portfolio. I'd say for an entry-level position, it's good. Anything above entry-level, it absolutely does not matter. For the most part, um, construction documentation skills are preferred because those are the less, like I said, fun aspects of the job, which are typically the areas that kind of fund the business, so to speak, because the, the, most people forget that the design and the visualization is just one stage and it's usually really early on in the process. So once you get the job, now what? Which is the title of this session. 
Um, so those skills that come after the rendering, after the design, after you've convinced the client that it's actually a really nice idea you've got, I think those skills usually come more in demand um, once you're seeking for anything above entry level. Yeah, that's that's true. Just like so many other things in life, you know, sometimes we just are so focused on selling something, we are not kind of thinking about what actually happens after that. So, which is the attitude we kind of take to the profession as well. We mm -hmm. tend to learn how to model these things, but we don't think of how to actually execute the project down the line. After we've, we've designed these projects, we've modeled it, how will this thing be translated to a real life project? So this and kind more of and more. Yeah. Sorry. More and more, even as I do product design and other things, I'm realizing that the ability to execute, the ability to actually get something from an idea to something people can touch and interact with tangibly. I think that's the crux of the matter. I think anyone given enough time can be creative enough to do something in 3D. The difference between the people that make it to the mainstream in quote are those people who are able to build something out of nothing. And I think those are the things that any ambitious young person should actually focus on more of the time. That just skills and yeah, yes. than just ranging and design and, and 3D modeling skills. Yeah, that, that's very true. I mean, we've been discussing how people tend to focus more on. 3D rendering and some basic skills in the industry. So we've mentioned how that could be negatively impactful on, the, on their career. So what do you think exactly they should focus more on instead of focusing on 3D rendering and you know, those basic stuffs? Okay, so the first thing I would say to anyone, um, especially people who are maybe in school or just starting out their career, is to have Put away all the noise, put away all the Instagram fame, forget about the likes, forget about how people think you're so creative and how cool they think you are because your work that you put on your status or your page is so amazing. Forget about all of that because like we all know or we come to know eventually, fame and money are sold separately. Um, and you, you do need money. I mean, most of us are in capitalist society, so you can't ignore the fact that you're, you're your income is quite important. It shouldn't maybe be the most important thing, but it's quite important. I think the first thing anyone should do is to have a sit down with themselves and decide what kind of career they want. If you're going to be a 3D visualizer, I think an advice someone always used to give me is find the best person in that field and see if it's that person's career that you actually want. If you're trying to be an architect that builds buildings, then you need to focus on construction skills, construction documentation skills, detailing, specification writing, contract management. There are so many boring aspects to the work that significantly affect the success of the project. At the end of the day, we're building spaces that people need to live in. It's not that they don't come and live in the computer or in the 3D rendered image. They live in something that is built. So if your aim is to have a building built, you should really apportion maximum of 10% or 20% of your time on 3Ds and renderings. It's only, it's, it's good to sell the work, but like we said, selling the work is just the beginning. It's not even the middle, it's just the beginning. So don't spend too much time perfecting the beginning. 
and then if you want to be someone like me who is a, almost like a BIM who is actually a BIM specialist or a technology focused person then there are actually other more um, impactful tools that you need to learn Co coordination costing um project simulation those other aspects of the project life cycle apart from design actually have um, they all have software related to them and learning those ones will be more useful to you in fact i'm even realizing that i would probably be more helpful to everyone if i knew how to use revit for structural engineers and even mechanical engineers because those are the challenge those are the real challenges professionals face almost every decent person um decent professional sorry can render so the skill is not and at the end of the day what are you trying to do communicate an idea so if you can communicate it however you can it's done you don't need to, it doesn't need to be as extremely perfect as it, it's starting to seem on social media so that's that's what i think yeah that's it too. a lot of time you see that the bigger issues on the projects is coordination and i mean collaborating with other stakeholders these are some of them actually have to do with even soft skills that go beyond software expertise and then even the tools themselves we're talking about technology that's still project management software and all this coordination too so when people tend when people focus more on just designing and creating 3ds they tend to pay less attention on all these coordination aspects which is actually what eventually gets the project delivered I mean, mm -hmm. trans translate the idea to a reality at the end of the day. So, which is what, of course, like you said, that's a lot of things that people need to also pay a lot of attention to as professionals, as early as possible into, into their careers. Okay, so mm -hmm. that's quite so that's quite clear. So, considering that many people are so interested in visualization today, how do you see this affecting the profession in the next decade? I mean, most of these young professionals are talking about today. They will go ahead to become the future of the industry tomorrow. So, how do you see this focus on technology and this basic stuff? How do you see it affect the industry in the next decade? I think that we're going to have the world. Is, excuse me. The world is already a global village, right? Um, already, people are doing freelance work everywhere. Anyway, I think what's going to happen if people don't start taking other parts of the profession seriously? Because I think that. The truth is, at the end of the day, by the time you get into a proper professional practice, which is another discussion for another day, how many practices are actually doing things the right way. But when you find yourself working in a, in a, in a, in a decent place um, and you want to progress in your career, because I think one thing that, one misconception that most of us have, especially as creative people, is that once I show my value, I show how amazing I am, then I will get the rewards. And the real world doesn't really work out that way. You kind of have to deliver the value the other person wants. It has very little to do with what you think is valuable and everything to do with what the other person thinks is valuable, which is why spending too much time on renderings, and don't get me wrong, renderings are important. Um, in terms of value, your client is not an architect, which is another thing most people forget. They are regular people who would be impressed with the most regular rendering and get the idea from that so it's not about the value you want for yourself it's the value you are giving out so i would say um people who are able to offer value in other things like contract management construction management specification writing and all of that 
would probably come from other countries and take some of those roles and then just employ us that are good with our renders. Because the truth is, at the end of the day, you can't really run a practice based on design and renders. You could probably run a rendering studio, probably run a 3D modeling studio, but you can't run an architectural practice. And so if your dream is to be an architect, but you've only developed this one skill, then you will just be someone's employee. That's the best you could hope for. <laughs> yeah, so that means in the near future, if we don't work club as professionals, we we'll see most of our projects taken up by, I mean, foreign Competent companies. Hands. Yeah. By, by foreign companies and then employing the local experts. Talent. Yeah. Or the or the local champions to. Exactly. <laughs> to, to execute the project. Yeah. So that's quite a cautionary tale and something that a lot of young professionals need to pay good attention to. So basically, while you are learning the skills, the basic skills, you should also look more on this. And these other boring aspects of the profession because at the end of the day in the long run they will probably be more valued or more valuable than this because everybody can now design everybody can render everybody can produce 3d models so it's those ones that are not so easily available that will now become more valuable in the long run exactly. so okay so do you render as a, as a professional in the industry do you render if you render why if you don't render why not <laughs> okay the short answer for that is no i don't i don't render in the way that many architects do where they spend hours tweaking reflections and light settings i do very i use um very intuitive tools that are sort of click and go i don't like to spend too much time on renderings and i render only to communicate the idea so for my products i just use the default rendering for um interior space some of the projects i work on because in my firm actually um everyone is being trained to be able to handle all aspects of the project both the design construction documentation site supervision even down to understanding the quantities on the project so you kind of have to do everything if you're assigned a project and so in that capacity i do render but not i do not in my learning time spend a lot of time learning how to render i learn almost every week i put in at least at least 15 hours of learning something i don't know um and i never think about learning how to render so i, I think as far as my rendering skills are they are going to be where they are for a long time um early on in my career like i said i was really software focused i was doing some crazy things with revit then revit rendering was good enough before 3d max came in never got the hang of that one um and so then yes i was also in the craze of trying to make a really amazing image for my instagram um but as i've got to, and interestingly now i'm in a fully tech focused role like i'm not actually required to um participate too much in uh design or like building i'm actually just in person now and i find that ranging is the last thing anyone needs from me <laughs> there's so many other technology related needs in a business rendering is not one of them there's at least four or five architects that can handle that very well that is not what they need from me so i'd say no not not in the way that most people do these days i, I don't yeah i think like you also mentioned when you spend so much time assigning materials tweaking sometimes when you look when you look at it from a project viewpoint it's as if you are spending so much time trying to create a reality that does not yet exist 
which that's not what is going to get our project executed in the long run. Of course, there's a place for it. Like you mentioned, it's good to sell projects. It's good to convince the client. But of course, that's not what is going to eventually deliver that project. I mean, translate the project to a rebuilding and all that. So it's quite understandable. I myself, I am not a rendering. I'm not a rendering person. If I have a project, I would rather assess it to a rendering specialist because there are people that specialize in that. But yeah, so I guess we are both on the same page to an extent. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's been quite a great discussion. But before we round up and before we look at some of the questions that we have here, I uh, would also like us to play a quick game. So I'll yes. just be calling out. I'll be calling out some trends in the industry. Some very, some of them trendy, some of them not so trendy. And then you tell me if they are overrated from your own point of view. If you think they are overrated or they are underrated, so I'll just be calling okay. them. And then if you also have some reason why you choose what I mean, whether it's overrated or underrated, you can also expand on that just a bit. Yeah, disclaimer, this is my opinion. This is not fact. So you may you are allowed to completely disagree with me. <laughs> yeah, definitely, I understand. Okay, so the first one I have here is hand sketching. Do you think it's overrated? Underrated. Or it's not... uh, I okay. think it's very underrated. I think there is a, a thing with your hand and paper that just works differently than um, and this is coming from me who really sketches. I know the difference. Especially when I have to actually design something, I know I know the difference in thinking when I put pen to paper than uh, maybe going to a sketchup or a format or something. And it's co- almost similar to writing, like maybe you're journaling your thoughts in a diary. It's different from typing it on a computer or, or writing it on your phone. There's just something about the body and the mind that connects in a very different way than body and technology. So I'd say underrated. Okay, yeah, that's that's quite convincing so how about rendering we're talking about rendering so what, do you, what do you think i think i think i think rendering as a skill is overrated but uh, as a product that is as a side effect of what we do as architects i think it's properly rated i think um like we all know most of our clients are not technical people they do not understand drawings they do not understand all those technical things they need something very simple to communicate the idea so it's properly rated in terms of importance but as a skill for a professional like i said it's important to define your career path you it's fine if you want to be a full-time visualizing person but you have to choose it do not think that you will choose it and still end up being a professional and be good at it that's just my thing like define where you're going and then focus on the skills that will get you there um so as a skill overrated but as a product is properly rated i think okay yeah thanks for that so how about general knowledge of construction i mean knowledge of the construction industry and industry yeah, um, I'd say that is properly rated. However, I don't think it's something most people have access to just based on the fact that in many cases, most architects don't even get to see their buildings built or you get clients who just take the design away from you and build it without even letting you know. So it's, it's one of those things where everyone knows how important it is, but very few people actually have access to grow their skills in that area. Uh, so I'll say properly weighted. It's, uh, everyone knows it's important. It's just that maybe it's kind of tedious or difficult to access 
and so most people still struggle with it. Yeah, I think I think that's true. So yeah. how about being getting information modeling? This is a very <laughs> that's, my, that's my that's <laughs> my that's so, my job. So I have to yeah. I feel like as a view manager, I feel like I have to say it's underrated. But in reality, I think I think the promise of BIM, to be very honest, is a bit overrated. I think BIM as a methodology, I think BIM as part of what we do is underrated. I think it saves a lot of time and money in a way that people are still not taking advantage of yet. But I think in terms of the social media hype and just the promise, there's this illusion of what BIM is supposed to do. And I think that is kind of overrated, to be honest. Um, I think it's just going to make us a lot more efficient and save a lot more time and money. But I don't think it's going to be the utopia that many people who I think, to be honest, are just trying to sell us their software products um, are purporting it to be. So, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think people just create some ideal world that considering the resources we have in place in the industry today, we might not be able to attain that, attain that uh, idealism or whatever it is that being promises at the moment, maybe at the, the near future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So how about smart buildings? Smart buildings is also another trend we tend to see a lot in the industry today. What do you think? I think smart buildings are completely underrated. Um, Excuse me, especially for people like us in Nigeria who spend a lot of time indoors because our surroundings are so very, very hot and uncomfortable. Um, yeah. I think there's a lot we could get from our spaces, our houses that we are currently not enjoying. And I think smart buildings. And then the other thing is, I don't even believe that most people know what the word smart building means. Probably they're thinking something very technical and like they're wires in the house and the house can sense your mood i mean there's that but there's also some very simple concepts of smart building um, which i i don't think anyone is talking about enough in general just because we spend so much time indoors so why not just like get most of our out of our spaces that we can yeah i think it also has a lot to do with the way we also work in our industry we just work a lot of time in silos so we are not thinking of the final products so as architects you just feel like the final has come or the way end users or the way people use the building is really not your business yeah the way they experience the building is not really your business so even when you design it you're not thinking of the user experience and all that and then the ones that eventually promote smart buildings end up promoting it as a luxury so they see it as you know using a remote to control your building or monitoring your building from exactly the, the utility aspects of it people don't even think about people that don't really, I, I don't think i don't think people even know about them to start with let, let them yes. think about them yeah so i think it has a lot to do with misconception and also the way our industry is designed at the moment also mm-hmm. okay so that's quite it so how about sustainability sustainability is also another big trend we have today in the industry it's so much hype I think sustainability is extremely important, especially since we have climate change and all these things facing us every day. I think sustainability is extremely important, but I also think it's highly overrated. I think construction as an activity is not sustainable. The amount of damage we do to the environment 
just to get a building built is not sustainable. I think we are the last people that should be screaming and shouting sustainability. There's so much waste from even the smallest of buildings that we do not account for. And then somehow we still slap on the word sustainable design because we have one or two solar panels on it. I think I think most people, if people were actually doing it, then it would be fine. But I think it's just the buzzword for most people. It's just a way to sell a project. That's yeah, I, yeah, I also think as professionals, when we talk about sustainability, we tend to focus on some things we do during design. Like, you are doing solar analysis, you are thinking about building orientation, you are thinking about shading devices, and some of those things that we do during design. But at the end of the day, the things that eventually matter, that eventually impact the building more, are the things we do during the construction stage. What, mm-hmm. materials, do you, what materials do you use? What how, systems? How do you... Dis- how do you- Cater to the life you've displaced in which just clear. <laughs> exactly. All systems integrate. All systems integrate into the building. How does that affect people around the building? How this thing? So you see that those things are not really things that we think of doing design. During design, we just do the basic okay, this building is, is facing south. We have used shading devices on the north and there is a solar study and some of these terms, which might not eventually translate to the eventual construction building. Stage. Exactly. Yeah. I think yeah, that so if if we were more if we we're paying less lip service to it, then it would be better off. But unfortunately, I think most people are just paying lip service when it comes to sustainability. Yeah, so that's quite that's quite clear. So how about three D printing or rapid prototyping, as some people call it? What do you think I about think, that? I think three D printing is still at its infant. It's still a kind of early stage. So again, like smart buildings, most people don't know about it enough to understand its value so i'd say it's underrated um i think it has a potential for becoming overrated as well but for now it's still mostly underrated i think that um 3d printing can do so much in terms of making buildings like democratizing how we do buildings because there's less manpower input there's less human requirements it's mostly um your computer file is designed and taken straight to um the printer and now there's so much advancing in like the technology has advanced so much where you're now able to 3d print full-size human-sized buildings um so i think a lot of people are still not just i think it's still it's still not even getting the buzz it deserves in terms of what you can do I recently 3D printed a product for BIM Africa and I promise you there is no one who would have achieved what I did by hand in the amount of intricacy and detail that it took me to achieve it. And um, it even changes the way you think about design, it changes the way you think about structure and how buildings support each other. So I think we're just not paying enough attention to it yet, maybe because it's still at its infancy or maybe because the hardware, which is the printer, is still on the pricey side. Um, but I know it's it's one of those revolutionary things that's going to really make a difference. So I'd say underrated. Yeah, I also think the market generally is, is not mature enough. So I believe that with time, it will get more relevant and has more application in the industry. Exactly. So how about coding and programming? I mean, this is also another buzzword in the industry. Another, yes. Well, I think... I think coding is i'd say coding is properly rated 
um because i believe for those who need it in their careers they know the importance already so like a bin manager should first probably learn how to code it's one of the skills you do need in at some point in your career and i think everyone is already aware of that but if you're going to be maybe a construction professional someone who manages projects on site or an architect like a registered architect licensed architect that designs and builds buildings i think coding is overrated i don't think you need to code to do your job you can just hire someone who can code um i'd say it's important that everyone knows what coding can do for your business so that you don't again spend a lot of time because you know the interesting thing is i think people still spend the amount of money they would use developing a solution with code they use it to employ someone to do that job very slowly and very painfully over a period of time where you could actually just get an app or a software to do it and pay for a one-off build so i think everyone needs to educate themselves on what coding can do for our profession but i don't think everyone needs to learn how to code yeah so i think it's, it just boils down to career parts so exactly you, if you feel like coding is very pivotal to your career part then you should spend more time on it otherwise exactly. you can just employ someone to take care of that Mm-hmm. So how about, how about Photoshop? Today Photoshop is more like a verb or a term and no more something. <laughs> so yeah. do you think do you think it's overrated or underrated? I think it's very underrated. It's probably used in like the photography industry where they have like wedding photographers, makeup artists, they know the power of Photoshop. I think architects and designers are not using Photoshop enough. Uh, maybe among the younger architects it's already gained some popularity, but in the in like couple of generations above us for example i think i think they spend a lot of time doing things they could very easily photoshop especially when it comes to visualization so i think it's i'd say it's underrated i think more people need to get on that photoshop train yeah yeah that's that's quite true so how about virtual reality yeah um virtual reality for architecture again it's almost like rendering anything visualization i think is kind of overrated um for some industries like the gaming industry or if you're a researcher where you're using gamification to test people's reactions to spaces and all of that um it's quite important but for delivering a building it's still just a marketing tool and so i think it's kind of overrated okay so the last one I have is animation. What do you think about animation? Yeah, animation, virtual reality, rendering, they're all, they're sales tools. They sell the idea. So you've sold the idea, what now happens? Who's going to build it? Who's going to ensure no one gets cheated? Who's going to ensure the client's money is enough to do the project? You know, those are the things that pay the clients and you. So you've you spend all this time making your marketing presentation while forgetting that you actually have to deliver on the job so yeah um in terms of hype i just i just think they're all overrated but it's not to say they're not useful i just think that overhyped to me though that's just my opinion yeah okay so it's been some great conversation so thank you all once again also thanks to victoria for sharing your knowledge with us today Thank you. I'm sure I offended a few people. I'm just, I'm, I don't want you to go through what I went through. <laughs> That's all. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. Yeah. These are just my opinions.
life always plays out differently in reality. So um, just focus on what you're focusing on and always keep your eyes open, I'd say. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you very much. And thanks for listening to this episode of The Blaze Podcast. Don't forget to check out our website, www.blazemy.com, www.blazemy.com. You can also check out my page, www.ony.me, www.onyema.me, to explore our other several contents. Thank you very much, and I'll see you in some other episode.